0: Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Ann Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Cardamus. So this week, our guest is Matt Young, who, as he mentions later in the podcast, is maybe most notably of of the podcast Hello from the Magic Tavern, uh, which we're both big fans of, so it was great to have him on. Uh, This was also a little bit of a maybe a new experience on the podcast well I guess actually uh Megan Fitzmartin who was on um a few months ago had had kind of a similar problem where we've had some guests kind of not be sure what they wanted to talk about and then we've had others who came up with more than one thing which I think is great because you know if you have so many passions that you can't choose between them that means you're exactly the kind of person who should probably be (laughs) on this show because you have extra enthusiasm to spare uh and and Matt was one of those people who who Offered a, a wide variety of things, and we ultimately, in the back and forth, he wound up settling on Lego as his topic.
1: Yeah, and and also like a lot of the other, I think a lot of the other topics that he brought up also did kind of weave into this conversation. Uh, yeah, I
0: think actually every single thing that we talked about <laughs> yeah. did wind up coming up in the in talking about Lego, which is fantastic. Do you have like a fun
1: Lego story that we
0: didn't touch on when we had this conversation? I mean, I know I talked a little bit about building with Legos. I did not mention that at some point in my childhood I wound up. Doing a thing which I think was at Sears. There was this like Lego builder tour of some kind, which I don't remember the the full name of. But they they had like Lego representatives go to different department stores in different cities, and then it was like a kind of like a day camp, I guess. That you but you would bring your Lego creations, and there was a competition where they judged these Lego creations. Oh my gosh! So I built like my own original Lego model, which was then judged by I don't know who the heck this person was, maybe an intern <laughs> from Lego. And at the end, you got a uh, you got a certificate and a T-shirt, which I think I actually still have both of those things. I'm pretty sure I still have the T-shirt, which I wore with great pride. It was some kind of like Lego Master Builder shirt, like a ringer tee that I used to wear a lot. I was probably like maybe six or seven. I did not win, though. And, and I remember being very angry at the time because um, I was one of the only girls who was there and it was a little boy who won. And I think I thought it was rigged. I'm not sure that it was. <laughs> but at the time, as a small child, I did think... Uh, because <laughs> I I think I didn't think that his his model was as good as mine. I built a pontoon boat for what that's worth.
1: <laughs> yeah, I in seventh grade I was on one of those uh I think they're called I think it's called Lego Mindstorms. Yeah, uh, yeah. basically it's like it's sort of a combination of building with Legos and then kind of some basic computer programming. Mm-hmm. And you would kind of like either build a car or a robot. And the goal was it to like make it do with it, like navigate a course, or if you had the robot, it had to like pick up a pencil or something like that. Uh, We weren't very good and we never actually went, to, like, we kept talking about the fact that we were, like, good, like, our teacher was, like, kept being, like, we're going to go to this competition and do this thing. But we yeah. never did. So I don't <laughs> really know. It was very weird. It was this very
0: weird haphazard experience I had with <laughs> uh with it. Well, so neither of us, I guess, had a maybe a fully satisfactory lego childhood experience <laughs> completely maybe a little bit uh unfinished business there but as as matt mentions he also came back to lego building later in life so maybe there's a second chance for uh i don't know winning some kind of lego robot competition i don't know what we would do as adults for now i guess we will enter not a competition but in fact a conversation with matt young <laughs>
1: And not to hang a lampshade on it, but there are two brief lamp-related disturbances throughout this episode, and we could have gotten rid of them, but
0: then it would have ruined the narrative arc of our B-plot. So here we are. Do we have to say sorry, Matt? Matt, I'm really sorry. (laughs) (laughs) There was a creative consensus about leaving the lamps falling in.
1: We had a discussion, and conclusions were made that we have to keep
0: the lamps (laughs) in. This is the director's cut. (laughs) This (laughs) is... This is an exciting one. So we're going to have you introduce yourself and also, um, you know, like what kind of things you do, anything you want to say about yourself biographically, and then have you introduce your topic. And this is exciting because we don't actually know what it is yet.
2: I think we I think we kind of settled on Lego, assuming that that would lead into a lot of other things uh, inadvertently. I'm Matt Young. I'm an actor and an improviser. And I do a number of podcasts and uh, have acted in Chicago for many, many years. I, I do... Improvised Star Trek podcast. I do The Probe, and I'm probably best known for doing Hello from the Magic Tavern, which joined the Airwolf Network a couple years ago. Yeah, and I do the Improvised Shakespeare Company here in town. I used to do World News Tonight. That's how Arnie and Adel and I all met originally. And I uh, I collect a lot of weird things. And a few years ago, I got pretty into Lego. Uh, so that's what I'm here to talk about today.
0: So did you did you have Lego when you were a child? Like, was there a... I mean, obviously, there was a time gap here when you started collecting them again as an adult, but did you play with them as a kid?
2: Yes, absolutely. I was very into... uh, I don't know if you... I don't know how familiar you are with the history of LEGO, but there was a period of time uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, when I was a kid, where they started having themed sets for the first time, really. Before that, it was all like, just build whatever you want. Here's a bunch of bricks, figure it out. And they started to have the castle sets, and they started to have... Uh, they kind of, city kind of was na- a natural theme that's sort of like built out of like, just build whatever you want. Like, here's a bunch of stuff you can make a city with. But then it started to be a little more formalized and like, here's a fire station and here's an airport. But I was into the space sets, the classic space sets. And if you've seen these or saw the Lego movie, Benny the Spaceman is a classic space character. Uh, and there were lots of those little uh, like astronaut characters. And all of the themes, all the theme- space theme sets were Blue and gray with some black and white thrown in there for many, many years. They had a very distinct like look, and I would... Get those sets because they came with like weird pieces that the other sets didn't have. Like, if you've probably seen, there's like square base plates you can get where you can like build something, like build a city on this green, like grass looking plate. They had gray ones for the space set that had moon craters molded into them and all sorts of like cool things that they don't make anymore. Uh, so, as a kid, I was super into those and it kind of came out of a mix of being way into Star Wars and then Transformers after that. So, early on, I was kind of trying to like rebuild Star Wars things in lego because there was no like licensed sets at that time that came yeah. star-, star wars the first was the first license came many many years later and then once i started getting into transformers i would build like it would still come with in instruction book and it's like here's how you build this you know moon rover thing and then i would like try to like rebuild it i'm like oh now it's a robot <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to I try to take those pieces and figure out how that thing that they had prescribed that I build became like this living talking robot. So that that was kind of the most of it as a kid. I ended up giving a lot of my Legos away. You know, like most people do, they give stuff away once they get a little older. My cousin Ben got a lot of those, so I should probably call him and try to get him back.
0: Yeah, so that's so that's interesting that you um that you started buying the sets that were more specific about what to build, but that you were you were building more creative things with them. I think we did not have any of the, the licensed sets. I think that was sort of like the cooler kids had those when they started coming out with those. We mostly just had generic Lego and we had to figure it out. Yeah, that's that's interesting.
2: Yeah, I definitely had a mix of stuff. I had some Some generic. I don't want to say generic. General purpose ones, I guess, Mm -hmm. also too. And they had before they had like the minifigures, like the famous kind of minifigures that are they're like in the Lego movie. They had these like figures you could build that were like bigger. Like the head was like a round piece that was maybe like the size, like the almost the size of one of those minifigures. And I had some from those. Like that was there was like a weird period. If you get way into the history of Lego, there's a weird period of time in the 70s where they're trying to make people for the first time. Like, before that, they just didn't have people and they're trying to figure out, like, what size should they be? What's the scale? Like, do they build them? Do they come as a single? Is like, There were some that were, like, just, like, little, um, like, one piece, like characters which they might have actually come back around to they have a thing called micro figures now if you buy like sca- big scaled sets they have this a like, huge uh hogwarts castle set now that comes with like 21 of these micro figures that are just like a one peg thing you can plug in but it's like oh. all all of the characters you would find like in uh hogwarts but they, and they're and they're very like they have much less detail they have like a face painted on them but they're just kind of like a little statue piece which they might have actually been repurposed from like some minifigure holding a statue and then they're like we can paint these and make them look like <laughs> people kind of so there's a lot of like weird scale things uh with their people over all all the years
1: so what got you back into it because you said uh, just a, you know a few years ago you sort of really got ramped back up into it what what was the impetus of that
2: well there was a false start in 1999 where they first had the star wars license and It blew my mind because this is what I always wanted as a kid, right? Like I was buying those space sets and I was like trying to kind of build X-Wing fighters or whatever I thought that or doing some other kind of adventure thing with it. And uh, I bought like, I think I bought an X-Wing and a land speeder, like some of the couple, like a couple of the very, very first sets they ever made. And I had them in my house for like a year and then I, g- I gave them away again. A friend of mine had a kid who was like three or four at the time. And I was like, oh, here, take these. You know, they've just been sitting around my house. I'm not, because it was such an, it's such an expensive hobby.
0: <laughs> it is. <laughs>
2: it is a brutally expensive hobby. Um, And I was like, well, I just didn't have the money at the time. And I just wasn't that into it. uh I think I was temping. I, I don't think I had like a real job at that time.
1: <laughs> um,
2: so I, I just like I was like these are these are cool, and I, I I could be into it. But like I have enough other things that I collect and that I shouldn't also be spending money on to like have another foray into this thing. And then for years and years and years. So for the first couple of years, they didn't have a Millennium Falcon. I really wanted a Millennium Falcon. They came out the Millennium Falcon and. In the from like whenever I gave those away, two thousand one maybe till two thousand fifteen, I always sort of like longingly <laughs> looked at the Lego aisle, <laughs> and I would kind of know what was out, and but I just never bought anything. And every once in a while, I would like toy with the idea of like, oh, that Millennium Falcon looks really cool, or the new X wing that's like upgraded and like. If you look at the early models they did for the licenses, they have changed dramatically. Mm -hmm, Like, the X-Wing you got in 1999 is way different and way less complex than the one you get now. And they've actually developed, like, new building techniques. It's kind of wild what they've done and how close they can get to actual shapes and designs that Legos really shouldn't fit in as a square Mm -hmm. brick. And and their designers are just geniuses. They're really brilliant engineers. And uh, then in 2015, The Force Awakens came out. And I fell in love with Star Wars all over again, like in like as a kid, that was like my thing. And I just loved it. And I was just like, here's this thing that brought it back. And it's but it's new, but it's not. And it's cool again. And I, I, I was just so impressed with it. And I, I think uh, I was listening to like a comedy Bang Bang Best of at the end of one year, and Paul F. Tompkins. I'm giving him credit because this is his story, not mine. But I was listening to it, and I was like, "Yes, that's it exactly." A- at the end of spoilers for Force Awakens, everyone. At the end of the movie, when Ray like gets the lightsaber, it pulls it out of the snow. It it touched. There's a thing in my lizard brain <laughs> 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 that is n- that is now like tied to Star Wars. And he said in this interview, he's talking to Scott Ackerman. He's like, I felt proud of her. I wasn't like in love with her. I wasn't like attracted to her I, as as a gentleman who is now 40. I would have been 41 at the time. I think I, I felt proud of her and I was so excited to see this thing that I loved move on and, and grow and make space for women and be exciting for another generation. I was like, and he said he was proud of her. And I was like, that's it exactly. I was so proud of her. And I was proud that like this thing that made people happy could make people happy again and I went out and I bought a Millennium Falcon Lego set like the next day. <laughs> and I think I bought I think I bought the Millennium Falcon and like three other things and like had them shipped to me like from Lego dot com. I was like, I didn't even go to a store. I was just like, send these things to me from now on. Because it was it was just the push that I needed to to start a very expensive habit.
0: Yeah, cuz that that Falcon set is pretty pretty pricey, isn't it? Like a lot of a lot of the larger Star Wars sets are, you know, something like $150 and an up, right? I don't even know how much the Death Star is. Uh, I know it's a lot.
2: Yeah, the 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 Falcons like 140, and there's been you know there's even been a couple versions since I started collecting, and I don't collect everything. When I first jumped into this, I was like, I gotta get everything, and then very quickly I was like, I, I need to cherry pick a little bit. <laughs> uh, so I've been really focused on getting uh, things from the new movies that I really like, and a few things from the original trilogy that I really like. I'm kind of skipping over prequel stuff, even though there is some cool prequel stuff that still comes out, and but I'm not a huge Prequel guy, I loved Certainly. the Clone Wars. I love. I also love the animation that Dave Filoni does for the new Star Wars stuff. I think there's like great stories that are being told there. If people aren't into that, they should really check them out. I know everyone says like, oh, yeah, Clone Wars is kind of redeems the prequels, and it's, it kind of does. It's like its own thing though. And I, I think all of those shows always start off, and you start watching them, and you're like, this is for kids. This isn't for me. And then there's always a point where they flip a switch, and you're like, oh, this is a really like poignant, beautiful story about people who are really struggling to survive or to live up to what they said they were going to do and there are some really I, I just can't recommend them enough. I haven't watched the newest one yet, uh, Resistance but um, this is turning into more of a Star Wars talk than a Lego <laughs> talk but um, yeah the, the their sets are super expensive to get back to the original question. Uh, I did buy a Death Star last year which was $500 Oh boy uh, Oh boy Um And I I finally – I had been eyeballing it for a long time, and I was just Mm -hmm. like, I'm just going to do this because I think I had booked some acting gig or something, and I was like, I've got a little extra cash, and I – this is a -a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I'm not going to, like, make a habit of this. So – I bought that, and around the same time, they released a new set, which is the biggest Lego set that's ever been created, the most expensive, so that $140 Millennium Falcon, it's not really in scale, like, even with the minifigures, like, they mm-hmm. had to scale it down quite a bit to make it that price and that size. They have a thing called an Ultimate Collector Series Millennium Falcon that is... Almost in scale. It's much, much, much bigger. It's beautiful. If you step a few feet away from it, it does not look like a Lego set. And it comes with characters from the original trilogy, from Empire Strikes Back, and it comes with the whole cast of Force Awakens. Not the whole cast, but everyone who is kind of related to the Falcon. And it is $800. <laughs> And I, every once in a while, I, I think, I already bought this
0: Death Star. I can't do this. I can't do this. How are you going to fight the Empire if you don't also buy the big Falcon? You aren't helping.
1: <laughs> well, I would say, too, you need, like, not only is that a money commitment, that's also, like, a space commitment. Yeah. Like, I need to dedicate room in my house to house this thing. Because if you're not going to display it, it's just going to, be there you know it's just gonna be in like pieces so that's i can imagine that's a bit of a bit of a struggle (laughs) yeah
2: it's it's big it's very big and i i don't know where i would put it right now in in my current situation and i don't know yeah I, i mean part of me would love to have it um, it's, it's beautiful. It's so like, again, I highly recommend if you're interested in this at all, a dear listener, go watch the Lego designer videos. You can just find them on YouTube or on the Lego website. They usually, when they put out a most sets, like especially these bigger, more expensive ones, they'll have the designer, uh, like who figured out how to build it. And maybe the designer does the graphic design of like the decals and mm-hmm. paint. Applications mm-hmm. that go on it, they will talk about it, and it's it's pretty satisfying. So that's kind of how I sort of scratch that itch sometimes. Is I will watch these videos of these of uh, American and Danish people, these very sweet Danish people. Oh my God, they are <laughs> adorable. Uh, I, I hope that's not diminutive because I love them to death. Uh, but they're very sincere about the way they talk about this stuff, and they talk about the challenges they had, and like how they had to like read and things I wouldn't even think of. Of like, I bought. Uh, a, a Boba Fett's Slave One ship that was like one of those collector series ones. It's like two hundred dollars or something. And uh, the thing about it is, most Lego models you only see from one side, and that one, since it flies upright, you have to be able to see it from three hundred and sixty degrees. So he had to figure out ways to build out so you could build flat tile pieces and. Uh, surfaces on every side of it and i was like oh my god that's right it's i wouldn't even it occurred to me but i when i built it, it you you start to see like how all these things fit together and how they like brilliantly put stuff together it's really wild and they're and I, I know i'm talking a lot about star wars stuff but they're all those videos are great they did a disney castle like the castle that said at, uh disneyland uh the building techniques of it maybe aren't as uh, radical but they talk about the detail and they walk you through every room inside the castle and all these little Easter eggs that are in there that they put in that they put in all these details from different movies and different Disney things that are really impressive um, I, I get lost in them and things things I wouldn't think I would be interested in that I find super interesting I'm not like a big James Bond fan at all that doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. really do much for me mm-hmm. but they built his like classic Aston Martin this year uh, it's like the 1960s like silver car that has had all the gadgets built into it and they built a bunch of the gadgets into it <laughs> and they work.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> which it's crazy. W- which I did is, not see that.
2: It's very cool. Uh It's, it's I, it, again, like a thing that I would not be interested in but at least watching this video and looking at some of the, the, the stuff online about it, I was like, that is really impressive and really wild that they figured out how to do that and even things as simple as like, like I was saying with the X-Wings that have evolved so much over time, the, the front nose of it, the long, you know, piece of, of that iconic ship it originally was very kind of like square. And then they like, there were wings in the back and, you know, you looked at it and you're like, that's an X-wing. I know it, I can, I recognize the general shape of it. They've done a thing where they put like a, Oh shoot. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, A a light just fell down. I'm fine. Uh, (laughs) They put like a little hinge inside of this thing so that at the front of the like the nose so that the it's not a straight line back like it actually like curves out towards Mm -hmm. the back. So you get a more accurate shape of what the front of that thing looks like. Cause it gets wider as it moves back. So you can build off of this angle that they've put in there and just like things like that, that like if I had to figure out how to do these things on my own, I they would look like garbage. But uh, <laughs> I, I just find really cool and impressive.
0: Yeah. I, I once downloaded, there's a freeware software program, which I do not remember the name of that allows you to digitally build Lego models so that you can, you have like access to the full Lego catalog of pieces, like everything right. they've ever made. And then you can go through and select them and try and build, you know, figure out how you might build something before you, you know, spend a thousand dollars on different pieces and try to build some giant model. And yeah. I, I, even trying to do that, it was incredibly hard. I mean, the, the complexity of building in that many directions at once with these specific pieces. I, I have a lot of admiration for the people who design these really complex models because the level of thinking is definitely much higher than anything I can manage. <laughs> Like, do you think that, um, you yeah, know, I mean, you said that you've bought some of the larger, more complex sets. Do you feel like building those, which, as I gather, can take quite a long time, has increased your appreciation of the work that goes into designing the models in the first place?
2: Absolutely. Uh, there is... Uh, like I said, I'm so impressed every time I get something that does something new. Because it seems it seems like there's a finite amount of things you'd be able to do with this medium. And I think of it now as a medium. There's such a great fan ar- fan community, too, that, like, builds incredible things. I was at some convention. I think maybe it was Emerald City Comic Con a couple of years ago. And I wandered off into a basement where there happened <laughs> to be, like, a huge Lego display that, like, wasn't being promoted really <laughs> as res- <Yeah. laughs> part of the record. The show, and I just was like, This is wild. Someone had built a full size R2 D2 that like functioned. Whoa. Um, wow. and uh, there was also like the they'll do like these life size like characters. Like, there was a big Wonder Woman mm-hmm. that was like as tall as um, Gal Gadot. Um mm-hmm. Godot Gadot, I never know how to say her name. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and there were like things you would expect like fans to build. Like someone built a bat cave, which was very, very cool and it had multiple levels and lights inside of it. And there was like a big uh like Endor, uh and moon of endor like scene with AT-ATs and all sorts of Star Wars stuff in it. But then there were things that were like wild. There was like a flat it wasn't really flat, but when you look at it it's flat, but it's actually these tiny little wedge pieces. So that when you look at it from one direction, it looks like one thing. You look at it from another direction, it looks like another thing. So it looks like like the shield symbol, for instance, from the Marvel universe. And mm-hmm. then you walk to the other side of it, and it looks like the Hydra symbol from like uh, the bad guys.
1: Dang, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: there there was a whole thing of like. There's also a whole thing of like kind of like pixel art, but in Lego, where people will like do like flat tile pieces or little small uh, like one by one pieces. And there was I, I, I one of the pictures on my phone is. of – of the girl with the pearl earring. And if you step away, it looks like the girl with the pearl earring, that painting, but it's all in Lego. (laughs) Like someone figured out exactly how to break it down. It's very big to break it down enough to get the colors right. And then just, I start to think about how did they, A, how did they figure that out? I'm sure they're also using some kind of computer program, right? To like, there's no way you're like, I mean, it's probably some trial and error, but there's also like some planning that goes into that. But then you have to find all those pieces And, like, you can order some, and there's, like, great sites that, like, help you, like – find things now and do like um, custom builds and things and they share share them there and they'll sell you the instructions sometimes. They won't sell you the pieces directly Uh, but these sites now are like well you can buy my instructions for like $10 and then you can go to Lego directly and because Lego lets you just buy pieces in bulk too. Like you Mm -hmm, can go and mm -hmm. just like order stuff so you can do your own custom builds which are called MOCs. Make your own creation. I think that's right. I know it's MOC. I forget what it stands for right now but uh, you'll see lots of mocks and things and like lots of youtube channels of people who like uh there's a great youtube channel this guy jang bricks who like reviews every single lego set his reviews are very kind and very i don't want to say gentle like he'll, he'll be he'll criticize the thing but like he does it in a really thoughtful nice way and he has a huge basement that's a gigantic lego city that is something i i wouldn't personally want to build but like I, lo- I watch his videos of his updates because I'm like this is just fascinating to me that he'll like take like a set that he'll like just drop like they have these like big creator sets now that are like kind of like town square Um, I don't know if you've seen these and they're multi-level yeah. and they're very cool super detailed again like really brilliant design of like how they get all the details in this little diner space at the bottom of a thing where there's a gym on top of it and a recording studio on top of that he'll drop one of those things kind of like into his city but then he'll build his own version of like uh, a train station or a a dock at the harbor or like all these just wild very cool things it's it's super impressive to me i I feel like i've become a better builder i've never tried to build anything on my own i have slightly altered some of the things that i own but i am i haven't quite (laughs) gotten the confidence to be like i'm going rogue
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm curious because I know a couple other people who um, are like very into Lego and they all have very specific ways of how they approach building one of those big sets. Yeah. Um, like I have friends who will put things into little trays. You know, do you have a specific... When you get one of those huge sets, that could be like a daunting number of pieces. Like how do you approach building it?
2: Well, one cool thing that modern Lego company has done is everything comes in bagged and numbered sets now so like i buy a box that is uh the millennium falcon for instance we'll go back to that the original like 140 dollar one it comes with like eight bags or 10 bags i don't remember now But they all have a number on them. So you start with bag number one. Now, you could open all the bags and sort all the pieces. A lot of people like to sort things and be like, here are all this color. Here's all this shape. Here's all this size. And and like do it that way and then sort of Mm -hmm. work from that. I like to take like, here's bag number one. And the instruction booklet starts with bag number one and tells you how to build bag number one. And then it shows you, here's bag number two. Open bag number two. I I like to kind of do it that way. I don't sort that much. I'm kind of too, I guess... Chaotic or lazy for that. I'm not sure which... <laughs> With the bigger ones, you have to do some sorting because, like, even the bags are like have so many pieces in them. I think like the Death Star. Like, I would take a bag, and if I had a night or a late night free, I would like kind of pour out the bag and be like, "Okay, here's a bunch of gray ones. Uh, here's a bunch of plates." I would take like if they're big flat pieces, I'd kind of take those out and be like, "Oh, here's the little tiny pieces. Like, let's kind of shove them over here." So I'll do some loose sorting, but I'm I'm not that retentive about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: gonna say I'm more taken aback that the bags are numbered now because i mean i clearly it's been too long <laughs> since i bought a lego set because i was like it was just a free-for-all like good yeah, luck. yeah like... it
0: was just like you know a rattly box and you dump it all out on the floor and have to try and figure it out
1: <laughs> or, or things would be in bags but it's just like uh pieces are here i guess like
0: <laughs> man,
1: now i'm now i'm feeling a little like cheated as a child <laughs> well
2: i i think too that's part of their strategy is like there are a couple good documentaries there was a toys that made us about lego that teaches you a lot of history and stuff but one of the things like around the time i think right before or the right after they got the star wars license they were like pretty close to going out of business they were like kind of done and they did a few things one they really embraced their fan community they got really behind like here buy pieces and and build things you want to build the way you want to build them and the second thing was they really improved their customer service and one of the i think Kind of out of that came this idea of like, here's some structure to the way you get these sets. And that's why the bags started being numbered. And it's like, here's a better experience for you. We want you to have a great experience building and playing with our product. And every set you get, uh, if there are really like, uh, there's a hand, there's always like some little tiny pieces that are easy to lose, right? yeah sure now you just get a few extras of those every set I get i there's a few extra of those little tiny pieces and they're just like here just take them because it costs them essentially nothing and it spares them the problem of people calling their customer service line being like we lost this we need to replace this it's a very specific little thing uh so they're just like here's some extras in every single thing also i think I'm pretty sure if you, I, I've never had to do this. I'm pretty sure if you call their customer service line now and you're requesting pieces, a small amount of pieces, they're just going to send them to you. <laughs> like, like, like there's, there's a, a, I think their old thing was they used to be, well, you got to pay for that and we got to ship it to you. And like, you know, they're trying to run a business and then they realize like, well, that's not exactly what we do. There are plenty of ways that we can make money that. Aren't about like being really pedantic about these little things and really kind of, uh, anime retentive. I keep coming back to that. Uh, <laughs> about, about, you know, about these things that are like to us don't really have any, meaningful impact on our business you know mm-hmm. so it was like let's create a better experience for people and i think they've done that really well i think they're still struggling a little bit uh financially at this time actually i haven't been following the news super close but i know that they just settled a lawsuit with there's a chinese company called lepin that does knockoffs that are pretty good <laughs> They'll, like, take a set that has come out, like, a Star Wars one especially or, like, a Harry Potter one, like, ones that would sell really well. And they just make it. And if you buy it, it looks pretty much the same. It doesn't say Lego on every little stud on top like the other ones do. But it is essentially the same set. And they basically steal their IP in terms of, like, they take the instruction booklet and they, like, cram it onto fewer pages. And, like, the quality of the bricks, I don't have any of these sets. This is all just from what I've learned online. I've looked at them on eBay for sure. And then been like, no. Nah, because there are some older sets that are hard to get and you can't find mm-hmm, anymore. Yeah. And it's like, well, this is the kind of the only way to get them now. And I'm like, I still just don't feel right about it exactly. But they just won a big lawsuit against them. So I think maybe that's going to help with like the secondary markoff market mm-hmm. and, and knockoffs mm-hmm. and things. So I'm interested to see how that pans out. And also, they're always there trying new weird stuff. Like, I, I didn't expect the Lego movie to be any good. <laughs> <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> and then it was pretty good. And you're like, Oh, weird. I've also for a long time when I wasn't actually buying Lego I was playing a lot of the Lego uh, video games Uh, there's some really fun like Harry Potter ones and uh, Star Wars ones and uh, there was an Indiana Jones one as well it was like and they're just super fun they're kind of like the level of complexity I want in a video game a lot of times now I just Mm -hmm. don't I don't have the time or the energy to like learn a skill to get good at playing a video
0: game Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
2: so sometimes it's like oh this is a cool thing I can like explore this area and try to find hidden stuff for a while so there's a little bit of puzzle aspect to it and that that's good enough for me uh that helps me unwind and uh puts me in that world and it has a, like kind of a quirky fun sense of humor uh there are also some good marvel ones marvel uh lego video games superhero ones in general that were that were really fun uh so yeah lots of there's lots of lego in my life Wow, I'm realizing there's even more than I thought now that I'm talking
1: about it. No, I'm I'm so I'm personally so excited you brought up the video games because those are were and are my jam, but there is something so genius about those because they actually sat down and went, What if you could just break everything? Yeah. Because and it's so satisfying, like there is something about that that scratches that itch so well. <laughs> like...
0: Yeah,
2: it, it, it's it has that same quality though of like, yeah, I get to tear this thing apart, but also I get to build stuff in it, which is really satisfying. Right. It's like the puzzle aspect of like, oh, I tore down this staircase so I could build this box, and then when I open the box, there's a prize inside. Right, uh, right. It, there's, I, I don't know. There's something about that uh, that scratches a lot of itches for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> when you're actually like building one of these models, do you have do you have a favorite part of the process? Like. Are or do you, do you even leave them assembled when you're done with them?
2: Uh, I've, taken a f- I've definitely taken some apart uh, over the years, uh, the past few years, just for space reasons. A favorite part of the process? That's a good question. Uh, it is really satisfying to see how a thing comes together, especially if I look at the box or I see it online and I'm like, I don't know how that part connects to that part. I can't figure out just by looking at it from the outside how they got that to work and then when i get so when i'm in the process of putting it together and i'm like oh i see like this thing actually flips under this thing and there's like a little weird space here that is built up so they can add this thing on the outside of this other thing that is really satisfying to me because i like i like solving problems i like the process of like understanding a thing when i like i said when i was a kid i also collected transformers a lot Uh, I haven't done that so much in my adulthood. I have a couple of like Japanese imported ones that uh, part of the fun for me of those was always like, how does it work? It's like it's like a toy. It's an action figure and it's a car and it's a puzzle. Like I I love I loved that as a kid that like blew my mind. And then I would take it a step further. I'm like, okay, this Lamborghini transforms into a robot. Cool. I get it now. I'm going to go get a screwdriver. (laughs) and I I am going to actually disassemble this thing and figure out how they got that piece to fit inside that piece and then I'm going to put it all back together I would say 95% of the time I got them back together right Uh, but uh, some transformers transformers definitely died at my uh, my curiosity so I was like I don't know how this spring thing goes back in here that's never going to go back in Uh, oh well I like seeing how things work Um, I think that's part of why I was also drawn to acting and comedy because it's always that process of like what is the pattern what is the thing what makes this work what makes this not work and there's never a right answer so it's like a way to like constantly engaged in like oh i'm always figuring out we're always figuring it out we're always like it's new every night even if you're doing a play that's like the same Uh, lines every night you're like it's a little different there's something about the energy in the room there's something about the other people they're bringing whatever they brought in from that day you know they're trying to shed it but you can't not be you even though you are not being you so there's always this like oh there's something a little bit different tonight there's something a little bit different the audience is different the lights are slightly different it's raining outside whatever it is like however much preparation you do however much thought goes into it or if you're just improvising uh, and just doing it totally off the cuff it's like let's solve this problem. Not maybe not a maybe problems the wrong way to think about it. But let's like let's solve for x, and x is this should be entertaining for people to watch because they paid money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting because I think I I would have said that maybe Lego is kind of the opposite of doing something like improv because especially if you're building a set that has instructions and you know what the steps are, but but maybe it's coming from the same place of, you know, how do you get from a whole bunch of pieces to something completed that that people respond to? So yeah, I'm I'm interested in that as a take.
2: Yeah, I I think that's I think that's very true. I think there's something about uh Part of the reason I really like Lego and I find it very relaxing and very zen-like to build something is there is an ending to it. Like it does have a final state, and then it it is done. And when you have other things, like I said, that are never done, (laughs) that feels great because it's it's great to be like I'm constantly engaged in this thing, and we're like we're always like doing a new thing. But also sometimes you're like, oh man, we're we're doing the same thing or we're doing something that's slightly different and you're like the finality of it is really satisfying and i th- i mentioned this as one of my other possible topics so i'm just gonna bring it up um i really like the end of things not in a dark, like, apocalyptic way. I don't, I don't. <laughs> Zomb- zombies as a genre has never done anything for me.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. Uh,
2: but I really love, I really like things that have satisfying endings. Like, I think one of the most satisfying endings for me ever was the Harry Potter books. Like, I thought mm-hmm. it, like, it hit all the points I wanted it to hit. It didn't do it exactly the way I expected it to. But it's still, like, for me happened to, like, get everyone where I wanted it, where I, what I wanted to see in a, in a way that was satis, still satisfying and surprising. If you ever were into comics at all, I, I was, I was sort of like into Batman for a while and now I'm like, I, I just kind of got out of superhero comics. I still really like the Marvel movies and stuff, but like one of my favorite comics of all time is the Dark Knight Returns. I think that is a problematic character and even probably a problematic take on that character, but it is a great ending for that character. It is a satisfying conclusion. And then they made two sequels to it, which was s- stupid, but um...
0: <laughs> They had it right, and then they had to make another sequel.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, even though like I think it's a very 80s kind of take on Batman, and it's a very mm-hmm. like tough guy take on Batman, it, it also does it doesn't shy away from the fact that he is problematic like people are like this kind of sucks that you're like this <laughs> they don't dwell on it too much but there's enough there that i'm like all right it's fine and, it, and it's a satisfying conclusion and in the foreword for the collected editions alan moore actually writes a, an introduction that talks about why comics needed endings at the time and it's like a thing i think about every once in a while because i think it applies to a lot of things that um that need to have like finality to them And he he talks about it in a brilliant way of, like, these comics have been in print for, like, at that point it had been, like, 50 years. Now it's, like, 90 years. And if they don't have an ending ever, if they always are 38 years old and in perfect health and everything kind of works out in the end for them. And he draws some parallels to, like, the Arthurian legend. If Arthur got Mm -hmm. to live forever, like, who cares? It doesn't matter. Uh, these things do need to have satisfying ends. So I think about that in my own work of like, when should things end and how should they end? And like, it it can be very easy to be like oh i'm doing this thing and i like it and it's fun and my friends are doing it and uh i I, you get a little precious and a little scared to let it go and i i've always tried to like challenge myself to be like is this is it time to move on from this thing is it time to let this thing come to its natural conclusion because there's something really powerful about that and then you know you make space for other things for new things that are exciting and and can be reinvigorating if you're especially if you're feeling burnt out or tired about a thing and then and so to go back to lego lego is like my mini respite version of that the bigger projects i'm doing they're like you know years and years long i i come i can come home and if i've bought a set i can unpack one bag and i can build that bag and even just that is like done and that is such a satisfying feeling
0: it gives you like this sort of microcosm right to work in and i i think um having having endings the underappreciated aspect of endings is that they they let you see progress i think when you're in the middle of something if you're building you know a, a giant lego model and it's it's taking you days you may not really feel like you're getting anywhere you know it's like when you finish something when it when it stops when you know that it's at a point of completion you can see how far you came with it i guess that, that's not always a thing that you can do when you're in the middle of something.
2: Yeah. And there's something sad about it, too, for sure. Like, it's over. It's finished, you know? And mm-hmm. you can... You can mourn that and you can put it up on your shelf and appreciate it. Um, And the great thing about Lego is like I've had a couple sets I've taken back apart and put back together. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) that's what's great about it as a medium is like I really loved building that thing. I'm going to tear it all apart and do it again. I don't do that too often but um, when I moved I moved earlier this year to a new apartment and I I had to take some apart just in terms of like logistically moving it was going to be much harder if it was still in one piece. And I'm really looking forward to the day that i get to rebuild my ewok village (laughs) uh it was just too unruly as a as like an an element because it's like a bunch of like weird tree pieces and like little bits here and there and i was like i'm just gonna take this apart and then someday i get to rebuild this thing so i'm very (laughs) i'm very much looking forward to that
1: yeah no there's a there's definitely a kind of wisdom that comes with finding out or determining when something needs to end yeah um and and I, because i'm the same way with lego i don't i used to buy more sets i don't anymore i normally only buy little tiny things i can fit on my desk sure but it's always something to be like i can control this and i know i can i can start it i can you know finish it and it's going to be done um which is a very nice sort of I think, oasis in the middle of everything else when you don't really know when things are going to come to any kind of conclusion. So I I definitely relate to that feeling (laughs) a lot.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's so it's so it's, it's very satisfying. Uh it's funny. Uh Sean Kelly and I talk about Lego quite a bit. Uh he doesn't buy quite as much as I do, but we both buy the uh the winter sets. The uh like there's like a kind of a Christmas village
0: oh, part yeah, yeah. of one of the lines oh, okay. you can
2: buy. Uh and every year we we'll talk about other sets and stuff that look cool or look interesting, and most of the time he's like, You're gonna buy this, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like they have a new Voltron set I love Voltron I loved Voltron when I was a kid I love the new Voltron I haven't bought that set it's you know it's an expensive one and it's just like I have to pick some things and let other things go but uh, I'm very much now that I'm in a new apartment I have space to like build my whole winter village and Sean and I I'm sure we'll share pictures of our Christmas Lego trains and whatnot. <laughs> uh so even like on a personal level like i said like there's a great fan community there's lots of cool stuff to find online great sites that are help help you buy bricks and buy sets of bricks and buy custom things you can't buy anywhere else and but it's just like fun thing to talk about with your friends who are into it too you know it's like it just like it it gives us a little extra thing that we can like oh i found this thing and then we can check in on it because we're both busy and you know he's got a kid and like we don't necessarily chat as much as we used to not not in a bad way at all like we're just like busy you know like uh and it's like and i see a, i see a new lego thing comes out and i go i gotta tell sean i gotta, I gotta text sean <laughs> uh so it's just like that it's like a little pavlovian uh <laughs> reminder that i that i haven't talked to sean in a while
1: I'm going to I'm going to pivot really quickly because I feel like typically as we sort of um, wind down, we do touch on like, you know, what would you tell other people about this or or that sort of thing? But I feel like we've covered some of that. So I have and, and you previously mentioned the the large two scale Millennium Falcon. But if because I had this when I was super into Lego, if money was no option and if space was no option, what is like the dream Lego set for you?
2: all of it <laughs> it's it, serious quite seriously like,
1: yeah
2: if i if i could go to the lego store today and buy every mm-hmm. single thing in that store and and then and then have all the time and space to build it in somewhere where yeah. i live i would do that in a heartbeat <laughs> <laughs> Cause, because there are things that I'm not even really interested in as a theme or whatever that I, I look at the set and I'm like, that's a cool set. I love that. There are like these big cars that you can build that are part of like the creator series. I'm like, I don't give a shit about cars but they look cool like and i'm interested in how they're built and how they come together because they're just different when the new they started a new line of harry potter earlier this year and there have been a lot of sets and i i got very close because i've been like i gotta stick to star wars for the most part i think my only exception to that has been i know i got something else what else did i get Oh, the winter ones, the Christmas ones are kind of like my my one other thing. Like, I didn't get the Voltron set. I didn't get the Harry Potter sets, even though the Harry Potter sets are very, very tempting. You can buy these sets that are different parts of... Ho- There's like the... Like I said, there was that micro-scale Hogwarts castle where it's like the whole Mm -hmm. castle, and it comes with these little, little tiny figures, and then it comes with micro-figures of all the main characters from the movies and uh, books, and then it comes with mini-figures of the four founders of the houses, which that's the only way you can get those mini-figures. Oh, my God. We didn't even talk about (laughs) mini-figures. Part of what makes me helps me make a decision about a Star Wars set is what is the collection of minifigures that comes with it too. Because there are certain <laughs> characters that I really, really want. Like there's a new Cloud City that looks okay. It's kind of expensive, but it is the first time in like 15 years that they've had a Lando Calrissian, and like that Empire Strikes Back, like blue shirt. I'm like, damn it, I might have to get it just for that Lando just Calrissian. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very cool other than that. It comes with, like, a Leia and, like, her pink gown. And it's, like, that also is a figure that's been really hard to see. It's got a lot of cool stuff in it. It's got, like, Luke and Vader fighting on the thing before his hand gets cut off. So it's it's a cool set, but it's more expensive than I would want to get some of that stuff maybe. Uh, and it's not an easy one to display because of the kind of the shape of it and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this mm-hmm. was
2: a wild tangent here. Uh, I was saying the Harry Potter. So you can get that micro scale one and then you can get minifigure scale ones that are like you can buy like two or three different sets now that connect together to make a big Hogwarts castle. And I'm like, you devious bastards. (laughs) So I both admire and uh, fear their ingenuity. Right. Uh, yeah, I would, uh, all of it. I mean, like I talked about that big Disney castle is also a very cool, very beautiful set. Some of like the fairground stuff that they've done, there's like a big Ferris wheel and a big roller coaster that has like a bunch of new pieces that uh, make the roller coaster work that came out this year is very cool. Gosh, uh, I think, like, people in the community kind of look down on the Friends sets that have, like, the little kind of doll figures. I think some of those are gorgeous. They're really cool. And, like, the Elves sets that have, like, these cool kind of, like, dragons you can build. Like, there's there's so much good stuff. Um, all right. But I am going to pick one. If I could pick one. Can it be one that doesn't exist?
0: Yeah, Absolutely. that was actually what I was going to ask you. If there was something that doesn't exist yet that you would want.
2: Okay. Yeah. I would really love for them to make uh, from Force Awakens. The adat that Ray lives in at the beginning. Oh,
0: that
1: would yeah. be fun. Yeah? Oh, that would be so cool. That
2: you could b- build up with like the sand around it. So it's like mm-hmm. that, like you actually have those sand pieces and stuff and you can get inside it somehow. Like, I would love that. And I, she's, I'm so proud of her. I just love, <laughs> I, I love her. Like, I, I just, I'm so excited about those movies and her and, And all of it, like, it was so cool to see it come back. And I know there's a lot of controversy about The Last Jedi, but I loved that movie. I saw it twice, like, immediately. And a lot of people my age are upset about Luke Skywalker and how he was quote unquote treated. And I'm like, this makes perfect sense to me. He was always torn, you know? He was always kind of like a little bit into his own stuff. He was a little too into adventure. Like, that's all there in those old movies. And I love how, it's funny to me that People my age are like, why isn't he the perfect hero? And I, I look back and I go, he was never the perfect hero. <laughs> and and that wouldn't make an interesting hero anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact right. that he's flawed, the fact that he's interesting, the fact that he does the right thing despite being flawed, the fact that it takes him too long to do it when earlier in his life he was too impetuous, I think that is such a cool character development that he learned from the past and overcorrected. I think mm-hmm. is. <laughs> I think it's amazing and brilliant and beautiful and clears the way for this new generation. And one of my favorite sets that I have is a smaller set, and it's a little Octo Island set that comes with Ray. And Luke, the new Luke Skywalker, the older Luke Skywalker. And I just really, I really wanted that minifigure. <laughs> like, since the, like, it didn't come out until Last Jedi. I was waiting the whole time when Force Awakens was first coming out. I was like, put out a Luke minifigure. I need this old Luke minifigure. <laughs> I gotta have him. It comes with, uh, so it comes with Luke and Rey. And it comes with a little Porg that you can build. And it, look up the Porg. Uh, you can there's like a set you can buy like a kind of like a six inch tall Porg. But uh, also, if you look at that big Millennium Falcon set, it also comes with a couple of Porgs. And, <laughs> That's and, so good. And the little yeah. minifigure, the little minifigure mini size Porgs you can build are even cuter than real Porgs. I love them. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. So basically any anything with Ray in it. Anything with Luke in it, I'm gonna get. If they think of something new or exciting or interesting to do with those characters, I'm always I'm always into it. They did I, I bought that big Death Star playset I told you, but but before that, like a year or so, they had a a Death Star final duel. It's like it's that throne room where the Emperor is and Luke and Vader fight at the end of Return of the Jedi. And that's one of my favorite sets because it, it has that style of like that old, like very gray, very stark like empire architecture and it's got like the Jedi version of Luke and it's got like the Vader where you can take off the helmet and see his real face underneath and like just the cool little details of it are beautiful it's it's the amount of detail that goes into these things too it's 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 the what's the word i'm looking for the engineering the engineering Mm -hmm, is amazing i talked a lot about that already but it's also just the detail sometimes of like they really go to painstaking detail to like get things right and get things like really close and i I, it's i it's always a pleasure to like see how a thing comes together
0: so i know you haven't had a lot of forays into doing your own original builds but if you this is a similar question, but if there was something that Lego would never release as a set that you could build for yourself that would be important to you, like as an individual, what what would you build if, if suddenly you woke up tomorrow and you were a Lego master builder and you could do this without <laughs> without it, it being a money issue of buying the pieces or or trying to figure out how to do it?
2: Oh, gosh. um, Oh, that reminded me. Of something there. Uh, The other thing that I bought that is not Star Wars is they had one Doctor Who set that I bought and I loved. So first of all, I'd want it comes with a Peter Capaldi and a Matt Smith, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I want all the rest of the Doctor mini figures. That's that's not a thing I can build, but Jesus Christ, please make
1: those.
2: (laughs) if I could build anything, I, I'm going to give you two answers, uh, okay. and they're both pretty different. Um, I love things that are surprising things that I don't expect people to build when I find them online of, like, somebody built, you know, the Flintstones. <laughs> You're like, I don't care about the Flintstones, but that looks cool that they built, like, a, <laughs> a stone house with, like, a slanted roof somehow. Honestly, the reason I didn't buy the Voltron is because it's the old Voltron, and it mm-hmm. doesn't look quite as good good as i think it should
0: <laughs>
2: um if they made a new voltron or i had the ability to be this master builder i would build the new voltron i would build mm-hmm. the current like netflix show voltron because uh, i love them the other thing i would probably build would be uh the bar from cheers <laughs> <laughs> I, to me, like being able to go to like a Lego show or something and show like that setup with all those characters yeah. in it, I think would be, would be the funniest, another light fell in this little room I'm in. Yeah. I, I would love to have something where I could like build like something from an old TV show. Yeah, like build build the bewitched house, you know, like something yeah, yeah. just mm-hmm. weird, like build their living room, um, something kind of mundane that most people wouldn't think to build, I think would be really, really fun that that to me. And like, again, I've pulled in another one of my potential topics. So, yeah, I would love to build the bar from Cheers because it's it's a show that means a lot to me and I would like to see it in that format.
0: I like the idea of Lego Ted, Ted Danson. That that uh, that sounds hilarious.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh my gosh, Lego Frazier? Are you kidding me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think somebody in the community forums tried to tried to do that one on the the Lego uh, the thing where you can vote on on sets. I feel like there was a Frazier's apartment at one point.
2: Oh, yeah, I missed. that I don't that think one. I'm
0: making that up. I think I think I saw that. Maybe this is my dream set. I don't know.
2: (laughs) No, I I mean, I said this thing, and I'm sure someone has done it. Like, you know, like, (laughs) the odds that someone hasn't done this are pretty slim.
1: I find it hilarious, the concept of just, like, these beautiful, like, you know, sci-fi fantasy sets that a lot of Lego draws from. And then there's just like a very mundane, but like still like down to the detail, perfect house or bar or something like that. Like that just delights me somewhere. Yeah. And I'm not entirely <laughs> sure why, but I just, I, I love that idea.
2: <laughs> yeah. The fact that you can do it, you can do anything. It, it really is like the perfect toy. In terms of like because it's like, like I said, I was buying those space sets, but I was, I, you know, I would build the thing it told me to build, but then I would make whatever I wanted, you know, I w- I would reconfigure it into something. And as an adult, I don't really do that. I, you know, I build the thing and I put it as a model, like up on my shelf to look at, but I could. You know, and if I had the time and energy and I, I wasn't as busy as I was, maybe I would be maybe I would be like finding some creative outlet uh, that these people online find. You know, if you go to like uh, there's a site called the Brothers Brick that finds the most beautiful, like custom things that people build and things that like like really micro scale, like beautiful landscapes. Somebody will just make a landscape that has like a tiny house on it. And you're like, that is Gorgeous. It's like serene and wonderful. And then like someone else will make like a weird spaceship or someone else will make like a weird mech, you know, and it's like this is the same format. This is the same uh, medium, you know, and like it's as endless or as uh, versatile as so many other things, even though we think of it as this little little square brick.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. And do you have any other? I don't know if I have. I would love to talk
0: about Legos for three hours because, like,
1: <laughs> hell yeah! But I just don't know if I have any other questions right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I do either. I, I just got a Lego catalog the other day because I bought some some individual pieces for them from them to to do a custom set actually of minifigures a while oh, ago. Cool. Yeah, so I ought, I ought to look at that now. I'm like thinking, oh man, that's bad. That's dangerous. I might buy something.
2: Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm so sorry.
0: No, I'm because
1: I'm definitely like I've never heard of those like engineering videos before of like the mm-hmm. of like how they build the sets. And I'm like, oh, that's a dangerous rabbit hole that I'm definitely gonna fall down. So, <laughs> like,
2: I actually think the beauty of those is I watch them and they scratch some of the same itches. And occasionally, I think like uh, the the Death Star one or the Millennium Falcon one for me. I'm like. Yeah, this makes me want to buy it. But then those other ones where it's like, I'm um, I think it's cool and it's interesting, but it's not necessarily my thing. Watching it satisfies something of like, oh, I don't need to get that, but I see how it works a little bit and I'm very impressed by it. And you're a cool uh, you're a cool designer guy who did that and I like you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think unfortunately like building a Lego set, all things must end. <laughs> Very true. And I think we've we've wrapped up in, into some sort of natural ending yeah. here. So thank you so much Matt yeah, for coming on and talking to us about this. This was amazing.
0: <laughs> oh, it was
2: my pleasure. I, I had a great time. Thank you so much for having me. I, I, I really like being able to get out and do different things that I, I don't normally get to do and this is, uh, no, nobody really wants to talk to me so that's <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: we want to talk to you Matt, I, so. I, I joke,
2: i joke, I joke, but uh, you know it's. <laughs> it's just not uh it's just like a, a fun uh, a fun opportunity to, to talk about something i normally wouldn't get to talk about
1: where can i know you listed off your podcasts earlier in your introduction uh but where can people find you on social media or where can people find those projects or anything else you want to plug uh this is your space to do that
0: yeah
2: uh go to any podcasting listening uh app that you've got or uh, site and go and look for hello from the magic tavern look for the probe uh season two dropping very soon i know i've been saying that for a while but now it's true and of course improvised star trek uh still going strong and um you can also check me out live on stage here in chicago at the io theater performing with the improvised shakespeare company i do about half the shows per month so you've always got like a 50 50 chance of seeing me there (laughs) uh and you can follow me online at more people happy uh which is my personal twitter uh handle or if you're more interested in following my wizardly alter ego you can follow at usador the blue and i'll probably be rage tweeting at medieval times or something (laughs) I, I like I like I like to tweet at Medieval Times once every couple of weeks and be like, Send me knights, please. We need we need assistance. Send all your forces. Gather gather your strongest men and women.
0: Have they ever answered you? Have they have they sent you like a discount tickets at least or something?
2: They have never answered me to my chagrin. And oh. I, I I'm really tr- I'm really working that hard. I, I every once in a while they'll post something they post stuff too, and I'll respond to it and yeah. they'll post like did you know that our horses are the best horses that blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, I had no idea you had these wonderful horses. Send them my way.
0: They are always at every convention that I'm vending at. They, I always see oh. the, the kings and the knights walking walking the aisles when they when they have a break. It's very funny. Sure, sure.
2: Ho- hopefully they'll respond to me eventually. I'm, I'm going to keep after them.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a valiant quest. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Well, thank you again for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast. If you have questions or comments, you can hit us up there or at our email, GuiltyTreasuresCast at gmail.com. Or call the Lego hotline. You won't reach us, but they can probably help you replace your missing greeblies. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on your
1: podcast place of choice. And if you like the show, tell a friend or tell a life-size Lego model of Ted Danson. And since we're coming up on the end of the year, we just want to say thank you so much to all of you for listening and for your support and for coming along with us on this wild ride.
0: And thank you so much also to everyone who's shared their time and their passion as guests. You are all treasures, and I do mean that even though it sounds campy.
1: Until next year, let the dragon in your heart be happy. <laughs>